0: As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. Good morning, good morning, morning. So sorry about that, everyone. I had the meeting going, but for some reason, uh, I don't know if it wasn't registering. Um, Yeah, I have no idea. I was sitting in there, one participant, and it hit like 6.01. And thank God for uh, Mr. Doug Overby. (laughs) Because if he hadn't texted me, I would have thought, dang, we are going back to bed this morning. (laughs) Awesome. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for hopping on for our 6 a.m. soap. Sorry for the technical difficulties. I'm not quite sure what happened, but. I'm so excited that uh, everyone is on here. Everyone is hungry for God. Yeah, that's right, Doug, not a chance. (laughs) Uh, uh, It's so exciting. We are diving into our December plan. And I don't think I have my card on me, but I know where we're at. Yeah, here we go. We're hopping into our December plan for scripture observation application prayer. And we are in Christ is coming right now. And, uh, you know, you dive in kind of what we have the four stages on our card here of Christ is coming, Christ is here, Christ will give, and Christ will return. And we're going to just look at a piece, like a single piece of, let's say, the puzzle of one of the greatest stories ever told. So if you have notes, uh, I don't know, because I am like a neurotic note taker. Um, I will get so distracted if I don't sit there and take notes. Uh, If you're one of those people that just retains information, I bless you. You're awesome. (laughs) Uh, But in in the notes, uh, something just to kind of be aware for yourself. We are talking about a piece in the puzzle today. We are talking about a moment that plays into the greatest story ever told. And it's about a God who loved you and I, us, humanity. Humanity people as imperfect as we are to send his son to redeem us. And it's all a part of a process and even the greatest story ever told had process. So what God is doing in your life has process. And, you know, sometimes we think, why can't God just, uh, snap it, make it better, make it all right and change it in a moment. Uh, God definitely can because he's the of suddenly, God also does things in processes. And even Mary had to be pregnant for nine months before breakthrough would happen for the world. And even after that, it was 30 years right before Jesus started his ministry. So I think it's so awesome just to look at this. And I just like to do that because we want to keep everything in context. Uh, Sometimes we can take a passage, a snippet, a few verses, or we can take like a chapter and we make everything off of that. But holding in context of this is a part of a much, much bigger story of the redemption of humanity and the redemption of the church. It helps us uh, understand our passage a little bit better. So we're going to dive in today. We are in Luke chapter one, verses 26 through 33. Uh, This is the birth of Jesus being foretold. So let's pray. Father, thank you that we get to come and hear your word. And Holy Spirit, we know that you are speaking to us. You are always speaking. So, Lord, I just pray, give us ears to hear this morning. Lord, give us eyes to see what you're doing inside of your kingdom so that we can advance your kingdom here on earth. And God, we thank you that Jesus came, Jesus lived, Jesus died, and Jesus raised from the dead. Because without that beautiful sacrifice, without the resurrection, we don't have this beautiful thing called life in the church. So, God, we thank you for what you did in the life of Jesus. And, Lord, we thank you that you don't just leave us stranded here on the earth, but you're here with us by your Holy Spirit. And one day you're going to return. So, God, we thank you this morning. We just give you all of our worship. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. All right. Let's get it. Verse 26, we're going to read it and do what we normally do, guys. We're going to go back and just break it down verse by verse. And let's check out and let's see what God has. Verse 26, it says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. So good. Like I said, this, this one is titled, um, the birth of Jesus foretold. So drop inside of the chat. If something stood out to you, if there was a verse that stood out to you, maybe a point, uh, a word, a phrase that it's like the Holy Spirit just highlighted for you. I would love to see what God is saying to you guys. So drop it inside of the chat. Uh, as I'm kind of speaking, I'm going to be looking at, I got a nice little big window over here. So I don't want to try to interact with you guys a little bit, especially if you have any questions too. So let's go verse by verse. Verse 26, it says, in the sixth month, of Elizabeth's pregnancy. So this is why I love context. Uh this is why I kind of share what I share in the beginning because sometimes we'll just read things for what they are and just keep on going. Uh Elizabeth, uh if you look in other chapters inside of the Bible, uh if you look especially in Luke, like right before this passage, it talks about the birth of John the Baptist foretold. Elizabeth is the mother of John the Baptist, the prophet in the wilderness. The wild man, come on, with locusts, the, the wild man preaching repentance by the river. Come on. He is the the crazy dude that we all know and love so much, but probably may not have liked him too much if he was in our day, <laughs> right? Because he'd be the dude yelling at us saying, repent. <laughs> but uh, Elizabeth was Mary's cousin. So believe it or not, they were related and Elizabeth was pregnant with John the Baptist. And like I said, he was known to be the one to prepare the way for Jesus. Uh, it would be said of him that he'd be a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord's coming, clear the road for him. All people will see the salvation sent from God. Uh, there's a few things about John the Baptist that I think are so interesting because John the Baptist, uh, I mean, he, I won't say lived such a short life, but uh, he had a very, very short ministry. Uh, There was something that God was doing in the plans and working inside of the law of the Old Testament when he was getting ready uh, for Jesus to redeem the world. And John the Baptist was that forerunner. John the Baptist was the one preparing people's hearts to receive Jesus. And when John the Baptist started ministry, he was 30 years old. So when he hit the ground running, that man, he had been living in the hill country of Judea. He was sitting up there reading scrolls, probably preaching to the trees, preaching to the sand. And uh, God released him when he was 30. Uh, That's an important age because 30 was the age of the priesthood. When you are 30, you're allowed to enter into uh, 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 the priesthood. And from there, you're allowed to do your work. So God didn't release John the Baptist nor Jesus to enter into their ministry until they were 30. And that's where the whole forerunner thing comes in, because what's it say? Six months of Elizabeth's uh, sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. So she was already six months pregnant, which means John the Baptist was six months older than Jesus. John the Baptist ministry didn't last very long. His ministry, I, I believe like scholars will say, lasted anywhere between six to eight months. And that's it. Do you understand, church, that he spent 30 years preparing for that six to eight months? And yet his whole mindset, his heart was, God, this is for you. God, your glory was the only thing I was doing it for anyway. I wasn't doing it for longevity. I wasn't doing it for whatever. God, I was just here to bring you glory, period. Whether it be six to eight months or 10 years. I think that heart posture is so cool. Because that guy, when we read the Bible, he was relentless. and I think if we looked at our own lives and if we looked maybe even like church life, if we looked at like not, you know, of course, we'll always champion fusion. But if we look at church life, like capital C church, universal church, uh, we may not always think through the lens of, you know, six to eight months. That's a great run. You know, we probably think like now nah, we want six to eight years Like we want. We want our to last 80 years. But what if in God's plan he wanted something only to go to six to eight months? And he said, you have no idea the piece that plays in my bigger puzzle. Right. You have no idea the piece that plays in the bigger puzzle of what I'm doing here in the world. And again, that kind of speaks back to the context picture of the birth of Jesus inside of the incredible story of redemption for the world. So, uh, number two, something else I love about John the Baptist. His life showed us that God is working in the background long before we even realize it. Way before we even realize it. Elizabeth was a woman that was pregnant with her son. Right? Like for her, she was not thinking, probably not thinking like, oh, this this prophet is going to be crazy. He's going to come down preaching repentance, baptism. He's going to be a controversial figure, figure. And what I like is John the Baptist was doing something before he even saw it. Jesus was his cousin. Like, like, you know, it wasn't like they were just far off and never even heard about each other or anything. John the Baptist. (coughs) came and spoke of jesus's life before people knew who jesus was and i want to tell you something you have that same privilege and opportunity inside of your life today you get to be a part of working in the background with god helping people know that john not john but that jesus is their savior jesus is the one that wants a relationship with them and he gets to work in the background through you and what i like is um uh Uh, we have no idea what God is doing in the background. Sometimes we just step in and capitalize off of things. Um, I remember I I loved my restaurant days because I would encounter so many people on a regular basis. You know, it's like, I think in our restaurant, we had, I don't know, it was probably over like a thousand people a day came in. It was so cool. And, (coughs) excuse me, and you just get to connect with people. And after a while uh i got a little bit of a repertoire at this place because you know when i first started at the restaurant you weren't even allowed to say god bless you you had to say bless you because you had to be uh religiously correct in your language and i have no problem submitting but you know my prayer is for a uh, revival and change so i'm sitting there like god open doors <laughs> you know god let conversations happen so your glory and your kingdom can manifest and um uh after a while the staff and management there really lightened up. And I was able to have faith-based conversations on a regular basis. And someone came in and they sat down. And uh, as they were just in the restaurant, I was managing. And the Holy Spirit started speaking to me about this individual. And he was just so plain of like, you know, I just want to love on him. You know, uh, Tell I can't remember what it was. But it was like, tell them that like whatever was going to be okay. And I went up and actually sat down at the booth with him. Uh, so imagine you're out to eat by yourself and some random dude just comes and sits in the booth with you a little bizarre. Uh, that's how, you know, God was working in the background. And when I sat down, I said, Hey, I just want to let you know that your situation, it's going to be okay. Like, I really feel like I'm a Christ follower. I follow Jesus. And I really feel as though that, uh, God was just speaking to me, telling me to tell you all of that. Don't worry about it. God's got it. He's been working in the background. He has your back. And you may not even know Jesus. You may not even follow him. But I want to let you know he knows you. Even if you don't know him, him, he knows you. And uh, they sat there to start sobbing. They, they, They just broke down. And, of course, they just start sharing what's on their heart. God was working in the background on an individual before I even realized it. So hear me. God is working in the background. God is doing things that you may not even see. Sometimes in the hearts of the most calloused, in the most difficult of situations, God is doing something. And he just wants us to agree in part with what he's doing. Amen, church. So uh, application just for this one, my question for you, just to ask yourself, are you open to how God wants to use you? Uh, How much of your yes does he have? How much of his heart does he have or your heart does he have? If we were to really honestly assess this question of how much of me does God have, you know, we might be shaken by the response sometimes. Uh, you know, my wife and I, we laid in bed at like midnight a couple weeks ago and we were just talking about Jesus. And, um, you know, we were just kind of, like there's this old preacher saying and I it you spend any time around me. I'm like a Rolodex of old preacher sayings. Don't know how I've been in the faith for eight years. And yet somehow this Rolodex is there. <laughs> and um, this old preacher saying goes, God can do more with one person, a singular person that is 100% sold out and devoted to him Then 99 or then a hundred that are 99% sold out. And if you think God wants to use the one that is totally dedicated in there, yes. And it made me ask the question, you know, if I had a percentage, what's my percentage? You know, if I had a, if I had a spot where I was at with God, where you have this much, what is it? And, oh man, it, uh, it, it really shook me. And it was like, okay, am I really open to how God wants to use me? What are the blockers? Is it reputation, right? Is it, am I afraid what people are going to say about me? Do I just want peace at the dinner table? Do I just want peace at the Christmas table? Uh, do I not want that drama inside of my family? Do I want to keep healthy work relationships? So I don't want to talk about Jesus because it would offend people. You know, the Bible says, and of course we don't want to offend people, right? Like we're, we want to be like, be at peace with all men as much as it depends on us, Um surprising what a Rolodex is. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks, Doug. (laughs) Um, uh, We want to be at peace with all men. But even Jesus said, blessed are those who are not offended by me. The message of Jesus is offendable. It is offensive because it talks about something that you have to lay your life down which in a culture and world that does, it wants to live for itself, laying its life down is such a bizarre topic. So hear me, ask yourself, am I open to how God wants to use me? And if I'm not, what are those things? What are those little tweaks that we have to make to line up with what God wants to do? All right, the next one. To a virgin, verse 27, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, the virgin's name was Mary. I I think this is so incredible. The virgin birth. Uh, We are in the middle of a series right now at youth. And what's amazing to me is this passage is is the exact passage we had this past Monday. And I didn't realize it till I started working on my soap. I think it was like yesterday. (laughs) I looked, I was like, this is really familiar. Wait, we just preached this. Uh, The virgin pledged to be married. Only God can do a virgin birth. Right. Like only God can create something out of nothing. And I love how he shows us. Yeah, I'm going to make my redemptive plan something out of nothing inside of the womb of a virgin. And (coughs) excuse me. And that's what uh, is incredible. You know, it comes from. uh, Oh, gosh, I was just studying this and I already forget. Uh, It comes from uh, prophetic words from the past inside of the Old Testament where God is telling uh, mankind, Micah 5, 1 through 5, where he's telling mankind a virgin will give birth. It will labor for a child. And when they come, you know this is the Messiah. This is the Savior who will redeem his people. So the virgin's name was Mary, pledged to marry Joseph, a descendant of David. Um, Mary found herself in a tough situation because of what was happening and because of what God was doing inside of her life. And you may find yourself in that exact same spot right now. And I just want to tell you something, push through, because God is going to do more through your life, more through your yes, more through the miraculous work that he's doing in you and through you than you could ever possibly imagine. Uh, Let's go on verse 28. It says, the angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. This is so interesting to me. This whole area is so very interesting. So angel shows up. And if you have if you like spent any number of time just like studying the Bible, uh, looking at when God speaks to people, especially in the Old Testament, uh, angels show up and speak to them. There are some really strange descriptions for angels, like really, really strange, which is why a lot of biblical scholars speculate when an angel shows up, usually people are afraid um, because they look a little freaky. I think there's a dual duality, a uh, 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 twofold to this. So one would be the angel may look a little strange and it's not what you're used to and probably freak you out. Number two, I think the call was so high that he was bringing to Mary. It would freak you out a little bit because what you say, bless her, you who is highly favored. And she's sitting there troubled at the words. Like, why are you saying this to me? Who are you? What's going on? Uh, you know, I'm a woman. They don't really speak to like, you know, this culture is super strange. Like, you don't know, speak to women like that. Like what's up here. And the man, the angel picks up on it immediately that Mary's troubled. <clears throat> he says, do not be afraid. Why? You have favor with God. Don't be afraid. You have favor with God. And i maybe you just need to hear that today. In your situation that you're facing, in what's in front of you, in your family life, in your job, in the lack of security you may be facing, in what God is just calling you to, like, period. Uh, maybe He has called you to something bigger and more than you feel as though you could, like, you know, you're biting off more than you could chew. I want to tell you something. Do not be afraid. You have favor with God. Do not be afraid because God is with you. In some of the greatest and hardest moments inside of the Bible, when you read it, when God is calling people to some of those difficult tasks, he says, don't be afraid. I'm with you. You may have people with you, but guess what? Even more important, I'm with you. You may have all the resources in the world and uh, all the money in the world is with you, but that's great. Wonderful. But here's the thing. I'm with you. God being with you is one of the most powerful things you could ever have. And that's exactly what the angel is reminding Mary of. You're about to go through a difficult situation. You're a young teenager, 13, 14 years old. You're young. You're about to be pregnant with a child out of nowhere. You're about to, something scandalous is happening right now. Something that can be perceived as shameful is happening right now. But I want to tell you something do not be afraid. I'm with you. It doesn't matter how the public opinion perceives it. What matters is I am with you. So hear me church, God is with you. Where he's with you, his presence is with you. Where his presence is, there's peace. Where his presence is, there's joy. Where his presence is, there's righteousness. So whatever you have going on, whatever you're facing, do not be afraid. God is with you. So uh sometimes what we need just to see and this is what I think the angel was doing right here was opening up Mary's vision. What's kind of clearing our eyes, right? When we wake up, we wash our face, we get we get the eye crusties out, right? We get all the gunk out just so we can see, you know, we have to clear out our vision, clear out the junk, clear out the fear so we can look through faith. So we can look at our life through the lens of God is with me. And my application question for this one is how's your vision right now? How are you seeing? When you look at situations, do you look at it through a lens of discouragement? Do you look at it through a lens of discontentment? Or are you looking at it through a lens of faith? One of our fusion four, right? Faith. Are you looking at it through, I am so amped, excited, overly pushed over, right? Some of our declarations from Sunday, right? I am one of the redeemed. I'm a disciple of Jesus. So, Are you looking at life through the lens of faith that says, I'm here to see what God is doing on the world. I'm here to see what he's doing in the lives of people. And that's the lens of faith right there. And that is the vision. So I just want to ask you, how's your vision? How are you seeing right now? What what does the world look like to you? How are you perceiving your situations in front of you? Because you could perceive it through fear. But what God wants us to do is perceive it through faith. Next one we have. Verse 31, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. Oh, verse sends chills down my spine. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. Jesus, the, the name, the word, literally means the Lord saves. This was God intervening into the story and timeline of the earth yet again. But this was the time where he would intervene and set it right. This is the time where he would intervene and make the path straight before he would return again. And as he's saying, during Jesus's life, during Jesus's timeline, during Jesus's work, people were going to be delivered and set free. (coughs) Excuse me. The Lord saves. Now, their perception of what that would look like in this time period, because I want to make sure I give a historical context, was deliverance and salvation from the Roman Empire and their societal oppression. It's important to know that God cares about societal oppression and everybody said amen. God cares about people. God cares about society. God cares about governments. God cares about how things are running. However. When Jesus was here on the earth, he wasn't here to deal with societal oppression at the time. He was here to deal with sin. And when he was here to deal with sin, when sin gets dealt with, later on, that's when reformation comes. That's when societal oppression starts getting taken care of. Because and here's kind of the push, right? Everyone looked at him and said, when are you delivering us from this Roman empire? When are you delivering us from uh, the slavery and bondage that they have us in? And Jesus looked at him and said, I came to bring a kingdom. I came here to deliver people from sin. And because of delivering them from sin, this is where reformation comes from. But during my lifetime, I'm here for sin. I'm here to deal with this thing on the cross. And that's what I love. There's this like process I always like to talk about. There's revival uh, and then reformation afterwards. We have to have the hearts of people made alive. The hearts of people in sin dealt with for then reformation, the reforming of things to happen. So they looked at him and said, you're going to get us out of this Roman empire oppression. And he said, I am here to set you free from the real oppression, spiritual oppression, and that's sin. Jesus, the Lord saves, is for the father's communication to us. We had a uh, gateway out not that long ago, and they did such an incredible teaching with us uh, as a staff. And I want to share a piece of it with you. I'm sure probably someone who has been doing this soap has shared this already, uh, but I'm going to share it again because it's really good. <laughs> uh, and if you didn't write it down last time, get it this time. Uh, the incarnation of Christ, the immaculate conception, Jesus being formed out of the womb of Mary, being birthed into the world. And it was the demonstration and communication of God here on the earth. It was the communication of his heart, the incarnation of Christ. The incarnation of Christ is the greatest form of communication we will ever see. And I think we all feel as though we could probably communicate better with people, communicate better with friends, maybe our spouses, right? And all the frustrated spouses said, amen. (laughs) And we could all communicate just a little bit better. Uh, The father showed us the greatest form of communication through the son. When he wanted mankind to know his heart, he didn't just communicate it through a book. He did do it through a book, but he also did it in other forms. One of them was through Jesus. What he said was, I'm going to come down in the flesh. I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to walk low. And I'm going to get to know your situation from your perspective. I'm going to stand in your shoes. I'm going to stand in your place. I'm going to try and see everything. And I'm going to try, I am going to see everything from your position. And then from there, I'm going to communicate my heart so you can understand it. But first, I'm stepping into your position. First, I'm stepping into how you see and feel about the world. First, I'm stepping into what it is that you do and live through every single day. This is the best form of communication you ever have. Putting yourself into someone else's perspective first. And what God uh, did through the incarnation, the communication of his heart was he not only told us what to do, he not only said this is the way, follow it, but he came down and showed us this is the way, follow it. And I was in my devotional uh, the other morning, and I was going through these verses, and I was going through uh, a couple of different areas where, uh, you know, Jesus is just being heralded, the message of Jesus uh, coming on the earth. And I thought, God, he just wears his heart on his sleeve. Like he is totally like, this is who I am. I want you to know me. And he wants people to know the real him. He loves with every ounce in his heart and he doesn't hold back. He is fully, fully, fully invested in loving people, loving all people. He is not half invested. He is not like, all right, I'll do it when I feel like it. He's not, you know, maybe just when I'm serving, you know, maybe when just when I'm ushering, maybe when I'm just, you know, when I walk into the synagogue, right? When I walk into the church. No, he's fully invested all day, every day, because he wanted to communicate the heart of a father that loves us. So I have an application question for you How are you getting to know the heart of God? And obviously you are on here for SOAP. You know, we encourage uh, scripture, observation, application, prayer. You know, we dive into this together um, just so we can all get to know the heart of God together. And this is such a great way. But I want to tell you something, you know uh, we can dive into text. We can dive into verse by verse. I love doing verse by verse teaching, you know, maybe at some point during one of the soaps, I'll get super Bible nerdy and I'll bring out the Greek for you. Like, that's how I study the text. I, I like, I love original language, you know, but, um, these are all great and there's nothing wrong with it, but I think it's so important to sit down and say, God, just show me your heart. Show me how you feel. Show me what you think. Just like, And of course, the word does this, but Lord, get, I, I want your heart. And this is like a prayer moment where we say, Jesus, I surrender and I just want you. And what I've learned from Jesus coming down on the earth and the communication of Jesus to communicate the heart of the father, God loves, 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 loves to show us his heart. All right, we're going to close on this next one. Verse 32. It says he, being Jesus, will be great, will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him a throne, the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Church, he reigns. Church, he is seated on the throne and he's not going anywhere. Church, your situation is not a surprise to him. He's not sitting inside of his throne, up comfy, and something happens to you, and he's, oh, no. He knew before it was going to happen. Nothing dethrones Jesus. Not governments, not people, not opinions, not uh, general consensuses. He is seated there, and it's firm. His throne doesn't crack. His throne doesn't fade, and it doesn't need any refurbishing. It is perfect the way it is. God is seated on his throne. His kingdom will never end. And we're here to advance that kingdom. This is why we don't need to be afraid and we can have faith knowing that he's with us. Because we're not serving a kingdom. We're not serving a king that's going to die one day. Give up, not show up when he wants people so desperately to know his name. When his heart and his mission is to make his name famous. Not for the sake of being just, you know, being pioneer but for the sake of having relationship with mankind and it's important that we know what we're for and it's important that people know what we're for and i, I just want to ask you um how are you advancing his kingdom in this season that, like that's our application question how are you advancing his kingdom in this season the christmas season is an amazing time to reach people the christmas season is right to let people know the reason for the season The Christmas season is when so many people, uh, those struggles come out to the surface because the holidays are here, right? We were diving into it this past week at youth. There are some students, this is their first holiday spending um, uh, Christmas with two Christmases, right? It's some of them, it's their first time spending Christmas without uh, uh, a parent, like uh, because they passed away. This is like the first time, like the, the seasons are difficult you know, and Christmas can get messy rather than merry. And I think it's so important that we as the church, even though we might be hurting, we be going through things, we have to know this is the season to advance his kingdom. So I want to ask you just, how are you advancing it? You know, if someone, if Jesus was to come down and say, Hey, just real quick, like, you know, can you give me like a little like checkup? Like what's going on? How are you doing? What's, you know, what do you have going on in this Christmas season to show people who I am? And, some of us, like if we were honest with ourselves, we may not have all the time in the world. We may not have all of the, uh, you know, whatever it may be in the world. Uh, one of the great ways, and this was just a note that I was making on how am I going to advance his kingdom in this season? And it's through that hope and peace Christmas offering that we talked about this past Sunday. Because um, I was praying about this. My like, God, you know, uh, I have X amount of time and I know for a fact that the church is like, I mean, I, we are full speed. If, if you haven't, couldn't tell, we are full speed in reaching people this season. It is a bullet train and we know our destination and we are reaching people far from Jesus. And then I love this past Sunday. I love what pastor Brennan was bringing up about the hope and peace Christmas offering. And Shannon and I were like, like, okay, we got to pray. Like we, like we have to like, Lord, we're not asking like, should we give? We're like, Lord, like how much do you want us to give? Right. You know, like, Lord, uh, how can we participate in what you're doing inside of your kingdom to advance what you're doing here in South Jersey, to advance what you're doing here inside of this region, to, to champion Jesus to people inside of our area, to champion people, uh, Jesus to people in EHT, Mays Landing, Cumberland County. You know, we are here to see people connected to the heart of the Father. And it's done through so many ways. So, church, I you know I want to plug this to you. I would encourage you to be praying, God, like how much, like how do you want me to participate in this upcoming Christmas offering? God, how do you want me to participate in serving inside of the church, getting plugged into teams as we're pushing to reach people far from Jesus? Lord, how do you want me to serve when I walk into Wawa? And that cashier is behind there and all they need is a smile. Uh, How do you want me to serve when I go out to eat and I'm at Texas Roadhouse getting all of the endless rolls? You know what I'm saying? Get all the endless rolls of the cinnamon butter. And it's coming up on breakfast time, (laughs) y'all. And, you know, I'm on my eighth basket already. And, you know, I'm thinking about like just loving on my waiter or waitress, you know, because they serve so hard throughout the season. So uh, Jesus said this phrase. The greatest in the room, you will know them, not because they're being served, but how they serve. So how you serve in the season. How are you getting plugged in this season? Because we are, uh, and even on like the uh, Hope and Peace Christmas offering, you know, we're, we're not looking for, uh, I should say we're not looking, but, you know, not all of us are titans of, you know, I, I, I don't know about y'all. I don't have $2 million in my back pocket to just like drop in that offering. You know, I, I don't got it like that. If you do, hey, God bless you. You know that's awesome <laughs> uh you know but I don't but what I do have is two mites, right when the woman stepped at the altar and said, "I have two mites to give you Jesus." I I don't have much but what I do have is yours. I've got the little to give and I'll tell you what Shan and I looked at each other and just like we were sharing earlier. We want to be a part of the one who has the 100% given to Jesus, not the 99. So God, here are my two mites. God, here's what I have. Take all of me, have all of me, because I want your heart not only communicated to me, but your heart communicated to mankind. So just to review really quick, some applications. Are you open to how God wants to use you? How's your vision look like? What's your vision looking like uh, throughout this season? How are you getting to know the heart of God? And how are you advancing his kingdom in this season? Are are you advancing his kingdom through connecting with people uh intentionally calling them? Hey, how are you doing? I know this is your first Christmas season without blank. You know how you're doing? Uh everything may look fine on the outside, but you know, on the inside, their home could be a mess. Just, hey, what's going on? How are you? Tell me about your day. You know, how are you advancing the kingdom this season? Amen, church. All right, let's pray. God, thank you for for each and every person on the Zoom call today and all those who are listening later on. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would impart this to them. That, Lord, that this teaching wouldn't just be, uh, you know, a quick 35, 40 minutes in the morning, but God, this teaching would be something that goes deep down into us because, Lord, sometimes uh, we just need our vision cleared up so we can see clearly. Sometimes we have to clean the lenses, the glasses of our life so we know how to see life and you clearly. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would show us, show us how to get to know the heart of the Father. Show us how to get to know your heart. We know it comes through soaping. We know it comes through prayer, but God, show us in that relational dynamic what it looks like to sit in the quiet place, in the secret place, so you can tell us your secrets. And Lord, even with this upcoming hope and peace Christmas offering, Lord, I just pray you would show us how much you want us to give. God, show us how to participate in advancing your kingdom. Show us how to participate in giving you 100% of ourselves, because Lord, we don't want to hold anything back from a God who didn't hold anything back from us. So God, I thank you that you are accepting mites. You're not just accepting millions, because God, mites is all I have to give you. And Lord, I just pray you would bless each and every person inside of this call, each and every person listening later on. And Holy Spirit, speak to them for your servants are listening. And we praise in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Everyone, thank you so much for hopping on this morning. I hope you have an amazing Christmas season. God bless you all. And I look forward to seeing you on Sunday. Have a great day.